We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This is the Six Man Show on Orlando Magic Podcast with your hosts, Luke Sylvia and Jonathan Osborne, covering all things Magic Basketball. Five fans, four fans. Go Magic! What's going on, Orlando Magic fans? You guys are back with the Six Man Show. Today is March 16th, 2023. Jonathan Osborne, as always, I am joined by my co-host, Luke Sylvia. Luke. <sighs> What's up? Orlando Magic. Orlando Magic. Ooh. Um, yeah, that was, uh, that was a fun game. I love that song. Dude, I love that song. Who are we kidding? Yeah. Who are we kidding? Um, Gonna get yeah, man. you. I- Exactly, and that the it Spurs was uh, gonna get you, dude. Spurs gonna end your season. Um, yeah, man, it was terrible. I mean, that's why everybody's here. If you were here, it is just solely to hear us vent about that Spurs game, this team, whatever. Quite possibly the worst loss of the season. Yeah, I mean, for all things considered, like when you if, like, consider the stakes. Mm-hmm. If you thought there was anything left to play for after last night, you probably don't. So that's 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 a big reason why it's the worst game of the season. There's been a lot of doozies this year, just like losses that are going to happen as a young team. But last night was rough, all things considered. Yeah, like I said, quite possibly worst loss of the season. And like I, I think as fans, it's okay for us to kind of like mail in the rest of the season. You know, like mm-hmm. hope mostly gone for the plane. Yeah. The players, on the other hand, they better still be playing like they have a chance at the plane because mathematically they do. Mm-hmm. It's incredibly unlikely. I know we're going to talk more about that later in the show. Yeah. But I, I still want these guys playing like they have something to play for now that we're in March and, you know, a couple of weeks will be in April. This is what we talked about at the beginning of the season. Even the five and twenty start throughout the season as they started to play better was what's most important for this team is having meaningful games in March and in April. If you're in that locker room, you're on that coaching staff, you're yeah. on that team, 
you need to be talking about how, hey, we're not out of it until we're out of it. Mm-hmm. This team comes out and, and starts mailing these games in like the last 13 games of the season. We're, we're going to need some roster shakeup this offseason. I, I hope that's not the case, Luke. Yeah, no doubt. Hey, Jonathan, before we get into the, the, the show here, I want to just do, do a quick message. Um, You ever seen the segments, Jimmy Kimmel segments, like mean tweets? Yeah. So I'm going to do, I'm going to be vulnerable with you guys. All right. A little bully and corner time. Little bully corner. And this is what we're going to call a uh, YouTube comment, uh, mean comments or something like that. Right. So I'm going to call him out by name because he, he commented it. All right. This is a guy I usually rock with. I'm skizzy skiz. You know who you are. And he commented on the last video. I was in the last episode, Jonathan, for exactly like I don't even like like five minutes. You were in it for like I did the three intro. Minutes, dude, dude, I was barely oh, in the show because my son roasted. had a meltdown and I was being a father anyway. Um, and Skizzy Skiz says, "Luke, <laughs> Luke got that Joe Dirt facial hair <laughs> going. LMAO, my dog looked like smuggling the goods into Amway in his minivan. I just want you to know, Skizzy." I read that first. I read the comments first thing in the morning. Like really we, does, our episodes y'all. go up middle of the night. I read them first thing in the morning, and uh, <laughs> and I read it, and I was like, oh, "All right, fine, I'll shave. I'll shave my <laughs> face." I literally went right over to the sink and I I shaved my face right there. Didn't go baby face completely, but you guys watching YouTube can tell it took a noticeable haircut. So uh, shout out to Skizzy Skiz and your bullying because it worked and I shaved and whatever. So thank you. You look good. You look good, Luke. You look good. I do appreciate it. Uh, Shout out to Skizzy Skiz, I guess. But, you know, since we're being since we're being vulnerable here, I had I had my own uh, my own bullying encounter this past weekend. So this past weekend, I went to a a resort with uh, another couple and another family, you know, my wife and, mm-hmm. and kids and one of my buddies, wife and kids. And we're sitting at the resort and my, my buddy goes, if you guys haven't noticed, first of all, I have a receding hairline. Okay. Mm. It is we're being real it is. vulnerable tonight. It's it's, I went back. It, it, this is a whole story. Like we're really, we're also going to get a, speaking of YouTube comments, we're 100% getting a YouTube comment saying episode starts at, whatever timestamp that we actually start talking about the magic. Listen, folks, it's a long season. We're frustrated. We got things going on in our personal lives that we want to vent about. <laughs> so we're at the resort and my buddy goes, Hey man, he's like, Heather called you bald behind your back. Like my buddy's wife. Uh, I'm like, what do you mean? She called me bald. And she goes, no, 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 no. I didn't say it like that. I didn't say it like that. So I said, I said to my buddy, Joe, I said, Joe, what, what did Heather say about my bald head? And he goes, Oh, well, I didn't bring gel. I didn't I forgot to pack gel. And Heather goes, Well, it's not like John has hair anyways. He's not gonna be wearing oh. gel. And Heather's oh, like, I, no, I didn't say Heather. that. I, I didn't say it like that. So I was very calm. And mm-hmm. I turned, I said, All right, Heather, how did you say it? And she starts uh, 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 <laughs> which tells me that's exactly how it went down. Yeah. There was a comment made about my receding hairline and my lack mm. of hair. So what do I do? I get home Sunday and I'm looking at Facebook profile photos from like my sophomore year, my junior year, my senior year of high school. I'm trying to see, all right, where was my hairline? Like it and it's prime 
like before mm. it was about to fall off and I didn't even realize it. Like mm-hmm. 2010 Dwight Howard, where was my hairline 2010 Dwight Howard before like the back injury and you know, all that kind of stuff. It was like a year after I graduated high school that my hairline decided to betray me and start going back. So you know what I've been doing the last few days, Luke? I had a buddy in December. I went to a wedding and I saw one of my friends and he and I both have receding hairlines. And I was like, bro, what are we going to do about this? He's a barber, by the way. He goes, listen, he's like, I've got some clients. They're all going to Turkey for their hair transplants now. (laughs) Apparently, Istanbul is like the capital of hair transplants. It's Mm. much cheaper than you can get it in the United States. So I have literally been watching YouTube vlogs about gentlemen who have flown to Turkey to get hair transplants. And I'm telling my wife next summer, I'm going to Turkey to get a hair transplant. So that's my bully corner. Yours is your, your, your facial hair. Mine is my balding head. Yeah. In your research, how much does this cost? It depends on how many graphs you need. So basically what they do is they like draw on like they're experts at this. They draw on your forehead, like where your hairline would look Mm. best. And then they inject needles into the back of your head. They punch holes and they remove the hair grafts. They punch holes in the front of your head where the hair should go. And they place your, it's your own hair coming from usually like the back of your head. They call it like the donor area. The back of my head is luscious. It's good to go. The forehead up here, it's it's thinner than, I don't know. I'm, home, I'm getting my Jalen Suggs, you know, Cole Anthony. Those <laughs> guys know exactly what I'm going through with the hairline. And uh, they take it, and then they implant it into the front of your dome. And then it's like you go through like an ugly duckling phase for like, I don't know, a few months before you start to see like real legit growth. But after like two weeks, you can wear a hat. I'm totally fine with wearing a hat 24-7 for a few months for sure. if it means getting my hair back. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. that's our bully corner. We, we let you guys in behind the veil. You know how many times I post like a post-game video after we play a team and I get other teams' fans commenting bald <laughs> on like the Instagram posts, bro? Like so incredibly uh, disrespectful. And the best part man. is it's always somebody whose like profile picture is like a cartoon or yeah, it's like dog. another NBA player. It's never the actual person, of course. But no. uh yeah, that's bully corner. Now we're like twelve minutes into this episode and we haven't talked about the magic. Yeah, well, episode starts now. What do you say we do that? Let's go into the state of the magic. The magic are O and one on the week so far which brings them to a record of 28-41 on the season. They have the fifth worst record in the league. They're 13th in the Eastern Conference. Currently five games back of Toronto, who is sitting at nine in the East. Four games back of Washington for the final play-in, sitting at 10. Four games back of Chicago at 11. And three games back of Indiana at 12. The Magic have an offensive rating of 111.6, which ranks 25th in the league. They have a defensive rating of 114.3, which ranks 20th in the league. Their overall net rating is negative 2.7, which is 26 in the league. Luke, before the All-Star break, I was keeping like a close eye on like the last 10 games defensive rating, the last 15 games defensive rating since the beginning of the year defensive rating. And we were mm. always hovering like around like you know, 12, 13, somewhere like in the, the top like or 10, like 9, yeah. 10 kind of flirting with the top 10 in defensive rating in some of those windows. 
The last 10 games after the All-Star break, the Magic's defensive rating is 116.8, which is 22nd in the league. What was one of the things we said had to go right for the Magic after the All-Star break if they were going to make a, a push? I said like borderline top five in defensive rating the rest of the way for them to have a mm-hmm. chance. 22nd since the All-Star break is not going to cut it. No. No, it's it, it, that's so it's so frustrating, man. Just watching. I mean, you watched the Spurs game last night, and it's like, man, they this the team just picks and chooses the nights they want to play defense, and it's very frustrating. Speaking about the injury report now, Jonathan Isaac's still out after he had season-ending adductor surgery. Gary Harris is now questionable for Thursday's game against the Phoenix Suns. He is dealing with right hip flexor soreness. So we should have a good idea tomorrow at 5.30 local time, which for the Magic, that game is going to start at 10. So what is that going to be like? 8.30 our time is when we'll get the injury report? Or daylight savings always screws me up. Are we three hours ahead of Phoenix? Are we two hours ahead? I don't really know. Tomorrow evening, we should find out well, that's the, I guess, dumbest thing I ever could have said. Of course, we'll find out sometime tomorrow whether or not Gary is playing. But just keep your eyes on the injury report tomorrow for updates on Gary Harris and what his status is going to be uh, playing Phoenix, which, hey, first time we're going to play against Terrence Ross in a very, very, very long time. That's going to make me sad, I think. Actually, I know it is. Yeah, it's going to be weird um, playing against Terrence, like you said, but like... He had. I know that there was a couple games there where he like wasn't getting run. I hope that he gets to play against us, you know, and plays good amount of minutes. Um, I'd be lying if I said that uh, I didn't want to see Terrence, you know, put on a little show for us one time because we don't get. We're not going to get to watch him very much. And uh, you know, Phoenix. I don't catch many Phoenix games unless they're like nationally televised, and I want to stay up because it's a good matchup or whatever, uh, or they're like on an East Coast trip. But like. I wouldn't. I wouldn't hate a little little torch lighting. I'm not gonna lie to you. I don't want to see Terrence light it up against us. <laughs> Want to just be like, oh man, you know, like your ex girl shows up at like the party that you're at. She's looking <laughs> real good, and you're like, oh man, what did I do? You know that kind of thing. Not that I would know anything about that. I'm a happily married right. man. Been together with you know my, my wife now like ten and a half years. Mm-hmm. Very mm-hmm. very happy. Mm-hmm. Uh, you mm-hmm. know, man. But mm. uh, yeah, fellas out there, you know what I'm saying. You know what I'm. You're picking up what I'm putting down. But yeah, I'm gonna be paying attention to the Suns mostly. You know, come postseason time, where we're not glued to the TV, watching you know what is allegedly supposed to be basketball with the Orlando Magic, and we can actually watch the sport the way that it's supposed to be played in the modern age. Yeah, and I, I will add real quick, Terrence Ross so far in a Phoenix jersey. Uh, in eight games, nine and a half points, two and a half rebounds, almost two assists. But the big thing, shooting 5.3 attempts from three a game, 38%. So shooting well. You surround him. You know, he's got obviously talent around him. Things become a little bit easier. Good for Terrence. I'm I'm rooting for the Suns to win the championship. Hopefully Kevin Durant's able to come back for the postseason healthy and stay healthy and I mean, if they stay healthy, they I think they have as good of a chance as anybody. So it'll be fun and sad to see Terrence on Thursday night. But let's go ahead and 
give a shout out to our patrons, and then we'll talk about this Spurs game. So if you haven't heard, uh, we do have a Patreon, which is basically like an online community uh, where you can help financially support the show. Depending on what tier you join at, you can get other benefits like access to our Discord channel, uh, monthly t-shirt giveaways. We also have a monthly exclusive Patreon Zoom where we just hang out with some of our patrons and talk about the Orlando Magic. And then uh, our highest tier, our elite tier, you can also get discounts uh, to Orlando Magic regular season home games. So if any of that would interest you or, hey, you just really like the show and you want to help support us do what we do, you can find us at patreon.com slash the six man show. And part of our patrons benefits is our elite and hall of fame, uh, elite and hall of fame tier members. They get shout outs on every single one of our episodes. So I'm going to shout out the court cousins, Drew Gooden, Armin, Carson, Tula, Norman, Ma- uh, normal magic player history, Julio, Gabe Gaines, Wiffle, Michael Martin, Jamel Miller, Michael Salapong, the distract donkey punch. Dave, it's not okay. Gay to say, Okiki, Pierre, a Migzors. Nostalgia and M&M's, Dylan Holden, Mr. Mikey, Lil Penny, Eduardo Sanchez, Drum, Danimal, Dutto 15, Bobby Skinner, Godi 93, Teddy Sylvia, Eric Lopez, Fuchsia, Juan Geraldo, Phil Fulton, Edmund Lagone, Jose Esquilin, Destin for Greatness, Caleb Pete, Cannibalism, Time Mr. TV, Joe Rothfuss, ESPN Really Sucks, Gear 95, Shred, Junior Bruce, Half Recon, Shahin 177, Bulby the Don, Himlo Ban, Himro, Arm Prof 221, Ray Pastrana, Magic Hit 714, Let's Bank, Don't Tank, Soft Taco, Jesse, Fuego, Nando, Fanimal, 72, Irish Magic, Mike, Austin, Lampy, Random Hustle, and Bull Bull. His first name is his last name. You can find us and support us at patreon.com slash the six man show. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. If you're a basketball junkie, then you know there's no better time of year than the NBA playoffs. Twice a week, J.J. Redick is cooking on his podcast, The Old Man and the Three. He has guys come on in all stages of their careers to talk about the league and share stories you won't hear anywhere else, including Devin Booker on why he talks so much trash, Ray Allen's epic free throw competitions with LeBron in Miami, and the moment Tyrese Halliburton knew Pascal Siakam would be a good fit in Indy. In addition to player interviews, every Monday, J.J. breaks down the top three things happening around the NBA with unmatched analysis not outlandish takes, and is often joined by masterminds of the game like Tim Legler to dive deep on rookie reports, trade breakdowns, and why is mean mugging now a tech? 
you won't find another outlet that covers the game as comprehensively and with such insight as JJ does it on The Old Man and the Three. Make this your companion podcast during the playoffs. Listen to The Old Man and the Three ad-free on Wondery Plus or wherever you get your podcasts. Luke, Tuesday night against the Spurs, quite possibly the worst loss of the season. You're on the road against the San Antonio Spurs, who with Tuesday night's win, they are now 18-50 and on the season. They hold the third worst record in the NBA, and their home record is 12-23 and on the road. They've been 6-27, and kind of irrelevant. Uh, in their last 10 now, they are 4-6. and six. Genuinely one of the worst teams in the entire league. It shouldn't have even been a question of whether or not the Magic were going to win this game. And you end up giving up a franchise, not, not a season, a franchise record 22 three-pointers to the San Antonio Spurs. 22 of 41, good for 53%. And our good friend over at O-Magic Daily uh, Orlando Magic Daily, Philip Rossman Reich, he tweeted out, according to NBA.com's tracking stats, the Spurs made 12 of 18 three-pointers with the closest defender six feet away and nine of 19 with the closest defender four to six feet away. What that means, Luke, is 37 out of the Spurs' 41 three-point attempts were classified as either open or wide open by the NBA. So I understand that even if you let a team, even if you leave them wide open, right? Especially some of the guys on that roster that aren't particularly good three-point shooters, like looking at Jeremy Sohan, for them to shoot 22 of 41, really, really good, even if they're wide open. But the fact that they were, in fact, wide open speaks to the fact that the defense was nowhere near good enough Again, giving the Spurs 132 points. We talked about this on the last episode. The Magic were 1-6 on the year before Tuesday when they gave up 130 points or more. They are now 1-7. They've had eight games this year. They've given up at least 130 points. Four of those eight have come in the 10 games since the All-Star break. The defense is legitimately falling apart. Yeah, it is. And... You, I look like you just get mad looking at the box score of these dudes that are hitting threes, right? Like uh, Bates Diop, he was four of six from three. This is a guy you look at his percentage and you're like, wow, he shoots thirty six and a half percent from three. That's not bad. It's not, but he also doesn't even shoot two threes a game. Like this guy doesn't shoot a ton of threes. He plays twenty one minutes a game typically. He doesn't shoot a ton of threes, but guess what, Jonathan? If you leave them wide open, they're NBA players. They can figure it out. I, it's just one of those things, man, where it's like, yes, you can start out the night not guarding the perimeter, maybe being in drop coverage, whatever it might be, but you've got to adjust if they're hitting it. You're daring them to shoot. They're making you pay. Adjust. And I just feel like Mosley doesn't know when to adjust sometimes. And uh, it's it's something we've seen. Like we, We've already had a team in the Houston Rockets shoot or make like 20, you know, 24, 25 threes on us earlier this year, whatever it was. 
I don't even remember what the number was, but um, but you, this happens. The Sacramento Kings also set a franchise record against us. Yeah. So it. it listen, man. It teams will hit threes. They will be on. But I am so tired of people being like, oh, man, they're always hitting threes against us. Why is it always us? And it's like the common denominator is the magic. At some point, it becomes what you're doing wrong defensively, not, oh, man, they really shot lights out. Like tip my cap to those guys. I'm not tipping my cap to the guys that are 18 and 50 on the year. These guys got nothing to left to play for statistically but reps. They're out. Their front office was pissed last night that they beat us. They couldn't believe it, I'm sure. So in a game where the Magic are favored by seven plus points once Franz Wagner gets ruled as a go, you were like a five-point favorite, gets bumped up to seven plus. Like Nobody thought you were going to lose this game. Besides delusional Spurs fans that might have thought they could win the game. It's a very frustrating night, man. You look down the list, Paolo Bancaro. Like three turnovers, I think. Yeah. Um, yeah, three turnovers. But that wasn't necessarily what bothered me. What bothered me is that he had zero assists. I get he had 27 points. He was a minus 20. No defense. Super frustrating, man. Like, from your guys like Paolo that need to just put the team on his back. He's had a lot of great moments recently. But these are the games where you come in and you you can't just contribute in one single fashion. He scores 27, like I said. But three turnovers, zero assists is just inexcusable for a guy that's supposed to be a playmaker for his size. He played 32 minutes. Um, it just it really was frustrating to watch last night, man. Um, and I'll never get like I'll never get over losing. Like I hate losing. Um, just being a competitive person, and I know you get that too. And it's like in a game where you're supposed to smoke this team in San Antonio, still supposed to smoke them because you're the better team. Everybody knows it, and you just lay down, and you lose in the most frustrating way possible. You lose to literally wide-open jumpers. That's the reason you lost. You play fine in terms of your turnovers, nine turnovers. You let them have 39 assists because they can't miss, but you have 24 assists. Like you, You're never going to win with a 15-assist differential. Super frustrating, man. It, it's, it's, it's ridiculous, but it is what it is, and I guess these guys are ready for the season to be over because that's what it felt like. Yeah, I'm just I'm trying to pull up uh so even if like let's say oh oh you know Paolo was passing the ball, guys just weren't knocking down shots. Last game Paolo had one potential assist. So it mm-hmm. wasn't like he was putting, you know, teammates in a position to to score baskets. And I'm not doing this to like turn this into like a crap on Paolo Fest. Like Paolo was awesome. Is yeah. it a little bit frustrating that, you know, didn't have more assists? Sure, but twenty seven points, eleven of twenty one from the floor. Two of one, uh, two or four, excuse me, from the three point line, three of five uh, from the free throw line, added six rebounds and a block. Paolo was the Magic's best player on Tuesday night, like by far and away. 
but just like collectively as a unit, the defense wasn't good enough. You mentioned Paolo Bancaro with the minus 20. Franz is a minus 24. Wendell was a minus 14. Gary a minus 7. Markel a negative, uh, minus 11. And Franz, absolutely not 100%, but give the kid credit for trying to play through the injury and play through pain and be there for his teammates. Apart from that spurt that he had to start the third quarter, where it was like three straight baskets, shot five of 12 from the floor. So if you take away those three made baskets, he was two of nine. So really not a great offensive night for for Franz. But again, I just give him credit for playing through the injury. Wendell, decent night, 16 points, 10 rebounds, 7 of 15. He's one of six from behind the arc. You want to see him shoot the ball a little bit better. Mm -hmm. And the Magic, you know, 10 of 29 from the three-point line, 34% from three. When a a team is taking 41 threes and hitting them at a 53% clip, you're not going to keep up with them. And to, I guess, Jamal Mosley's credit or kind of like in defense of Jamal Mosley, the way the Magic are are covering the three-point line, they've been doing this all year long. We are mm-hmm. one of the better teams in the NBA in terms of opponents' three-point field goal percentage. But on nights where you just don't have it, it bites you and it bites you really, really hard. Now, we were getting by, you know, you had a healthy Franz Wagner. You had Wendell Carter Jr. was healthy. Who knows what is going on with him? He's come back and he's looked good, but he's been in and out of the lineup all year long. Jalen Suggs is a guy that we know gets beat up. Now you have no Jonathan Isaac. That's Moritz Wagner and Bull Bull both getting more minutes. Moritz Wagner and Bull Bull are absolutely defensive liabilities. Bull Bull had like a five-minute stretch last night where he left his man, hit a corner three. He got turned around, left his man on the wing, another wide open three. And then like two minutes later, he had another three hit right in his face. And I think he got dunked on in that stretch as well. Like Bull Bull defensively is a complete zero. And when he's playing 16 minutes and giving you 6.6 rebounds, it's you're really just not getting enough from Bull Bull in that aspect. But when your bench unit is Cole Anthony, Jalen Suggs, Mo Wagner, Bull Bull, and then throw one of the starters in there, Cole Anthony gives good effort on that end, but is just limited by his size. Jalen Suggs, obviously defensive stud, very obviously banged up at times, hits the ground 57 times a game. And then Mo Wagner and Bull Bull can't guard anyone to save their lives. So when you know, a third of your lineup is either limited defensively or is just flat out horrible defensively, your defense is not going to be very good. Like when we want to talk about plus defenders, Franz Wagner, healthy plus defender, Paolo Bancaro, eh, I would probably lean towards yes, plus defender. Jury is still kind of out in that regard as effort kind of comes and goes. Wendell Carter, plus defender. Gary Harris, plus defender. Markel Fultz, plus defender. When you you break that lineup, and even they were not good defensively last night. 37 of 41 attempts from behind the arc, either open or wide open. You're just not trying. Or you're in the wrong spot. I know they're trying to help heavy at the rim and get these guys to spray out to three-point shooters, and then the idea is to recover and contest those. But if you're not getting out to contest those, Jamal's either got to just light these guys up in a huddle or switch the scheme. Like, look, just help a little bit less. We're not getting out to these guys as quickly as we need to. 
and they're destroying you from behind the arc. It was almost like they were waiting for San Antonio to start missing, and it never came. And in the games where we've waited for other teams to start missing, like Houston, to your point, 24 threes. Like Sacramento, I think it was 23 threes. Like San Antonio, 22 threes. When we're waiting for teams to to start missing, to me, that's not an adjustment. Like you're you're wait you're waiting on the law of averages, which I I kind of understand strategy to a certain extent. But at some point, you just gotta get up into your man, make them uncomfortable, get them off the three point line, make them mm. make them get to the rim and beat you there because they were killing us from the three point line. Yeah, and just. All context included, the stakes, the team that we played, the way that we played, this was the worst loss of the season. No doubt. And and to add to that, too, you're talking about like waiting for guys to miss. It's, it just all goes back to what I was saying, which was like, if these guys are wide open, man, like they're NBA players, they're going to figure it out. If And they are very, very capable, even at the bad end of three-point shooters. And the NBA, they are very capable of getting in a rhythm to the point where that basket looks like an ocean to them and and they're able to to make it from anywhere. You're just giving them more confidence as each three goes in. There's no way, I hope, that they're that that they weren't just mostly just sitting there like, well, they'll start missing eventually. It's like there's no way. I hope not. I like, for his sake, if that is the case, there's a lot of problems. There's a lot of people coming at Moe's for the coaching last night. Now, I'm not ready to dismiss him on any account based off of that game and the ways that, you know, this team can let up on threes this year. I know what you're saying statistically, but like they they give up these games though that are just ridiculous volume from 3 and when you're not a three-point shooting team, it's just not a smart approach. You can't combat them shooting that many threes. If it's a shootout, it's different. If they're letting up threes, you're going at it back and forth, whatever. But we've talked about this team in shootouts. They stink. They're just too young. They've not developed in their shooting. There's there's no hope for the team in a shootout by any means. Maybe every now and then it'll go their way. But most times, it's not going to. And they just let San Antonio do whatever they wanted from their perimeter. It was shooting practice. So... You know, just you wanna, know, San Antonio was laughing in the locker room about it after the game, and that's what pisses me off, like how open and how much they're hitting. Just to give a little bit more context, so the Magic are 28th in opponent three-point attempts per game. They give up the third most attempts in the league, but in terms of percentage, they're 10th in the league at 35%. Mm-hmm. San Antonio is sitting there dead last at 39. They give up basically 40% three-point shooting on a nightly basis. I would Wrong. be... I rate. Didn't capitalize on that. Sad, sad person. The Magic certainly didn't capitalize. They shot 34% from three in this game. But the Magic, they give up a ton of threes. But for whatever reason, they usually fare pretty well in terms of like opponent three point percentage. That that is the that is the part that pisses me off the most. Is like it's there. The ability is there. But some nights they just don't want to do it. And and with the stakes as high as they were, if they, I don't think this team thinks there's a chance of the plan, based on what we saw last night, that didn't look like a team that thought they could make the plan like they've been talking about in press conferences. They're thinking like me. Every, it's over. Every interview, plan. Every interview. They're what are they talking about, Jonathan? The but, 
want to make the play in. We need to lock up on defense, not try to win the game with one shot on the offensive end. We hear it every single game, but I don't think they believe it. Um, I don't think that they can believe they can make the play in. Um, and that's just all there is to it, man. Maybe they did a week or two ago, but that is not a team. If that's what they look like, if they're urgent to try to make a play and make a postseason push, I didn't see it last night. So it's one game. The stats show this team is very good, and that's against the three-point you know, shot in terms of teams missing against them and causing misses and doing the right things and scrambling correctly, whatever it is. But like I said, that is exactly what makes last night so, so frustrating. This team's capable of a lot, man, and they just can't pick and choose. Like, you're not that good. You're young and you have a lot of potential, but you're not good enough to just take a night off and still win the game. You know who doesn't take a night off? Mm. Papa John's, folks. Papa. Don't forget the day after every Magic victory. Who knows when we will get another one of those? There's only 13 <laughs> games left in the season. Do yourself a favor and take advantage of code Magic Win. So the day after every Magic victory, you can get 50% off your online order from Papa John's with code Magic Win. Unless you live near the Suncoast Boulevard Papa John's here in Homosassa. Apparently they hate good basketball and they don't accept my magic win. I'm gonna have again, I'm gonna have my people call Papa John's mm. people and figure out yeah. Papa John, what is going on here that you're not accepting my code? I wanna give you my money. I wanna eat that delicious, delicious pizza, but you're not accepting my deal and I refuse to pay full price the day after <laughs> magic wins because again, you get fifty percent off your online order from Papa John's the day after magic victories with code magic win. Luke, I want to talk about something that Kevin and I had the the pleasure of yeah, discussing on the last episode. Yeah. Is the season over? And you you listened to the episode. I know that you heard Kevin's egregious mm-hmm. 25%. We've talked about that. We've <laughs> scolded him about it. Where were you before the Spurs game, and where are you now? Before the Spurs game, I was at... And I think I might have texted this. I don't remember. But I remember in the car thinking... If this was me, where am I putting this percentage? Um, I about had to stop the car when Kevin said 25%, by the way. Love this guy. And he's very optimistic. And that's just his personality. And I'm not. So I'm optimistic in a lot of things in life. Not not the magic. But all that to say, he said that you said your percentage. I think you said maybe 10. And then as the episode went on, you were like, maybe it's less than 10. Maybe it's closer to 5. Um before the Spurs game, I was at 2%. Uh, undoubtedly, 2%. After the Spurs game, I'm at a percent. You've got a 1% chance in my book. I'm so, probably there. Yeah. I mean, I just, you know, one game isn't, you know, <laughs> one game isn't the end-all, be-all, but this you've only got so many games left. And I was already at 2%. I was already very low. I've been low for the last two weeks in terms of this. I was low at all-star break. We were lining up. We had the conversation. But it just never... Because the the tough thing is, you're not just having to worry about one team. You have multiple teams in front of you that all have to be terrible while you have to be incredible. And then, yeah, if there was any doubt, last night... uh, showed us that this team is not going to 
finish this with a bang. Maybe it'll be a wake-up call. I've kind of got a benchmark, Jonathan. I want to see this team win 35 games. I want to go 7-5. and five. What, there's 12 games left, right? 13. 13, so I want to go 7-6. and six. And it shouldn't be impossible by any means. I don't think that wins us, gets us in the plan. This is solely for what I want to see the team do. I'd love to see us hit 35 after being at 22 last year. 13 wins is a huge improvement. Then you move on to the offseason. But uh, yeah, that's kind of where I want to see the team get is to that 35 win mark. That would be that would be nice for me. That would be nice. I just like I don't even want to sit here and like do predictions anymore. I'm at the point where I'm like, you guys need to play hard, play winning basketball, play what you say and what you claim to be magic basketball. And as long as they do that, I'm kind of good with like wherever the results are. I'm confident that if they do that, wins will come. But because of the fact that I do think the Magic are virtually eliminated from the playing discussion, I'm not going to live and die with every result of these games. What I am going to live and die by is the way that they play. Had they played really well and like San Antonio also played really well and we lost, I would have been pissed, but I would have like eventually been like, okay, I guess, you know, you just, every team has their night. Like people that were trying to make that excuse last night, as I'm like upset and annoyed about this win, people that are trying to excuse like, oh, San Antonio just got hot. I don't care how hot you get when you're giving up 90% or like upwards. No, I guess that is about 90%. 90% of your three-point looks are either open or wide open. I don't care about your context. That is completely inexcusable. I will never be cool with that. But the rest of the way, if they just play the way that they should, I'm not going to get hung up on wins and losses because we're really at the point here now where the wins and losses don't matter. You're too far behind, and you're you're not going to go on some crazy, like, 11 and two run to end the season. Like to me, that's completely out of the question. I would love to be surprised, but I highly doubt it. Mm-hmm. So you're too far back to catch the play in. You're too far away to get better lottery odds. So essentially the results don't matter the rest of the way. It's the way that this team continues to play. That's what I'm most interested in. I know that kind of sounds weird. Like, I don't care if we win. I don't care if we lose kind of thing. It doesn't matter if we win, if we lose kind of thing. I want this team to play like they have something to play for. Because if we have the the group of guys in that locker room that we think we do, they're not going to pack it in with 13 games to go. This team was right. exponentially worse last year. And we saw them play hard all the way until game 82. So I expect the same thing out of this team. But to me, the rest of the season is like, show me that you are about what you say you're about. If you do that, I'll go into the summer happy. I'll probably be good with whatever the lottery results are. Like if we don't get a high pick, it'll sting for a little bit, but I'll be like, you know what? We've already got a really good group. We're going to add one or two more guys to that. And we're going to keep it cooking here. And next year will be a much better season. We'll probably add some shooting, maybe a little bit of veteran help and free agency. I don't know, but I'll be able to sleep soundly throughout the offseason if this team comes out and and plays the way that they've played the last 10 games if they do that for the last 13 games 
we're going to have more question marks heading into the offseason than perhaps we thought. Yeah. Looking at our last 10, yeah, we're four and six in our last 10. I know you're a win away from that being 500 basketball. And we've been playing 500 basketball for, you know, the the better part of, you know, the the season here. But I look at you're giving up 132 points to San Antonio. Yeah, you had a great overtime win against Miami, but you almost blew that game. You gave up 131 to the Jazz, 134 to Milwaukee. Uh, you blew the game against Portland. You you barely beat a Charlotte team that you should have blew out the water. Then you lose the game before that. You lose by 22 to Milwaukee. You give up 139 points. Paolo goes crazy in the second half against New Orleans. You beat them. You lose a game at home versus New Orleans that you desperately needed to win. And the first game after the All-Star break, you barely beat a Detroit Pistons, Detroit Pistons team with no Cade Cunningham that you should have absolutely smoked. So excuse me if I'm not Mr. Sunshine and Rainbows <laughs> coming out of my backside from what we've seen since the All-Star break. Some people are going to hear me say, like, if we don't play well these last 13 games that we have, like, more questions than I, I, maybe we thought a couple weeks ago. But that's at that point, if we suck the, the next 13 games, that's 23 games of overwhelming suckage. That's a, the last <laughs> quarter of the season of sucking. I'm not going to be super as confident as I was a few weeks ago if we suck the last quarter of the season leading into next year. Like, I'm going to want to see some shakeup in the offseason if we can't find a way to get it together these last 13 games. Uh, yeah. With that being said, let's go ahead and take a look at the Tankathon. Tank it. So I'm going to run the simulation here. We're only going to run this once. And the Magic end up with the 6th and the 8th pick. I would still be good with that. I'll be, I will be able to sleep at night with that result. Detroit was number one, Houston number two, Charlotte number three, Portland number four, San Antonio number five, Magic number six, Indiana seven, Chicago eight, which the Magic would get that pick yeah. in that case. I got a question for you. The other the other day, I did a, just a random, my one-day spin. I've been doing those. Did a one-day spin the other day, and the scenario that I had was... Orlando gets the third pick, but Chicago keeps at four. You're walking away cool with that? If 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 it was one spot higher, if we were two and Chicago was three, I'd be good with that. Three, I'm not so sure of. Now, I'm hearing a lot of rumblings about Brandon Miller potentially overtaking Scoot Henderson as the number two prospect in this draft. I haven't watched enough of either of those guys just yet to give my opinion right. strongly one way or the other right now I'll, yeah. I'll trap you know trust the draft pundits but the 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 brandon miller thing i just first of all i don't understand for those of you that are unaware of what happened darius miles and i think one other i don't know if it was another alabama teammate but one other individual murdered a young woman in tuscaloosa a couple months ago now and it turns out that Brandon Miller brought the murder weapon to the scene of the murder. And then I believe it was Darius Miles that killed the young woman. 
Brandon Miller was not arrested. He's not been charged. He wasn't even suspended for a single game of Alabama basketball. I know nothing about the young man. I'm just strictly speaking about laws. I don't know how you bring your weapon, give it to someone else, and then they use it to kill someone. How all of that works and you just kind of get away like scot-free, especially when you're representing a college basketball program. It's just a horrible look on Alabama. And I have real questions, right or wrong. I honestly don't know. I don't know enough about the situation to, to really speak one way or the other. Just given the Magic's history, given uh, what this front office values, you know, guys, high character, no drama, kind of yeah. staying out of harm's way and out of trouble. I have my doubts about whether or not the Magic would draft Brandon Miller, even if he was the best player think. available. I think that they would, if they draft Brandon Miller, I genuinely think that it just means that they did enough digging of their own Correct. to confirm what Alabama has uncovered already. Alabama, they, he played right shortly after this whole thing. And I think either there's a, there's a few different options for Brandon Miller and, and what, what are his, like his, his like mentality. He, he is either thinks he did nothing wrong and he sleeps perfectly fine at night. He balls out. I mean, he's an incredible basketball player. We won't get that twisted. We know that, but he either doesn't think he did anything wrong. Uh, little bit of sociopathic tendencies maybe to be able to ball out if this is like something you actually did and you think you did something wrong you know you got away like I don't know but it is crazy to me that he played shortly after they sent him to a press conference in the SEC tournament and they've got the whole thing down he's PR trained very rigidly to the point where if there's any type of leading question about anything to do with it they say he just says no comment and that's, you know, he just moves on. So I would be very surprised. But like I said, it would be, if, if he gets picked up and it is hard for me to be like, does this is this because Alabama is the number one overall seed in the tournament? Like they are a very good basketball team. Um, or is it like they're 29 and five, which is crazy and really good. And they're a great team. But I just wonder if things would be a little bit different if he maybe wasn't so great at basketball and they would have dismissed him just because it's like a, you know, something that takes away from distracts the team. So clearly they've already, you know, they made their bed. They're laying in it and uh, we'll see what happens come draft time. Brandon Miller, you look at his stats, dude. He is crazy uh, on on the court. He is seven and a half threes a game, 40 percent from three. 19 and a half points per game, eight rebounds, two assists. He's nuts, but uh, he's six, nine as well. So I don't know, man, great player. I just, I don't know what's going to happen when it comes to him in the draft and with him and scoot, it's going to be interesting to see what happens with Brandon Miller. He's consensus top five and maybe top three after reports are saying that he's even in the two discussion. Um, but uh, I just wonder if we get to draft time and front offices start doing some digging and all of a sudden this consensus top three pick falls out of the top five. I wouldn't be shocked. 
But at the same time, Alabama's playing this so confidently. I genuinely don't know. It's pretty crazy. That's how I feel, too. I just feel like I don't know enough about the situation to really have, like, a strong opinion. Mm-hmm. I do find it weird that they were, like, like as a as a college athlete, you, like, very obviously wrong place, wrong time kind of thing. And you are you have such a privilege, you know, playing at that high of a level. You yeah. cannot put yourself in those kinds of situations, you know. So I'm surprised, mm-hmm. like... He didn't serve like one, you know, game for like, you know, conduct that was like detrimental to the team. If he doesn't bring right. that gun, who knows what happens? Yeah, I'm not. I'm I, not trying I was... to say like Brandon Miller killed that young woman. Obviously not. Like Darius Miles and that other gentleman right. are responsible for their own actions. But it is just a crazy situation. We'll probably never know all the details. But if the Magic mm. are in position to draft him and they don't, that will tell me probably everything that i need yeah. to know yeah like if they have the third pick and he's still on the board and he doesn't get picked we or know enough they have like the point. fifth pick and they pass him at five yeah and there's a and real quick here and we'll wrap up but there's a, a cbs college basketball podcast called Ion on college basketball that i listen to from time to time and they did a whole piece about you know uh, about brandon miller here recently and the one thing that they said was like if there there clearly wasn't a team rule, but there needs to be a team rule about guns, like just in general carrying in your car, like it is just very odd that there was, like you said, not even a team conduct one game. I don't think those dudes should be like if if what we have heard is the case and it's true and we've seen all we've seen as far as evidence goes, it, I don't think he should be playing right now. I think he should have served a suspension for the rest of the year. So I I don't know. It's just crazy to me. And now Alabama has a chance, a very real chance. They got a pretty easy region uh, in March Madness compared to the other one seeds. It's a very real possibility. Brandon Miller gets a championship this year in Alabama. It It's one of the, I just got chills thinking about like how crazy it is that all of that has transpired. He could win a championship. And then in 20 years, there's a documentary about that night, what happened, how it unfolded. And oh, by the way, he went on to win a championship that same year while playing at a high level and then got drafted top two or three in the NBA draft. It's yeah, crazy. it is wild. And there's a lot of like areas and like shades of gray here that we like, I'm not going to pretend I can fill in those kind of voids. Like if he was within like his like legal rights, like, morally speaking or, or or whatnot carrying a gun i completely understand that giving your gun to your buddy who then takes it and murders with somebody like that is a whole nother conversation yeah and reports know? say that he knew he knew that there was an altercation and hey bring me my gun so well the thing is though if you are showing up to a an altercation with a weapon you got yeah. it is your weapon that is your responsibility if push comes to shove and and you do need to intervene to save someone's life it's your weapon that's your responsibility i'm not going to go oh hey you're in danger you're about to die actually i'm going to take the time to hand you the gun and you can kind of <laughs> take care of whatever is going on if you're in imminent danger you don't have that kind of time you know so this mm. is this could be a conversation for a another hour so we're going to take this opportunity and wrap it up here 
Again, to finish out the week, the Magic play the Suns on Thursday, the Clippers in LA on Saturday. That game's at 3 o'clock Eastern. And then they end the week Sunday at the Los Angeles Lakers. That game is going to be a 9.30 tip-off. That is going to do it for this episode, though. For Luke Sylvia, this has been Jonathan Osborne. You guys have been listening to The Six Man Show. We will catch you guys next time. See ya. Thanks for listening to The Sixth Man Show. Be sure to subscribe on iTunes and Spotify to get new episodes downloaded directly to your phone. If you enjoyed the show, please take a minute to give us a five-star rating and a review. It helps out the show a lot. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Six Man Show. We'll catch you guys next time. Go Magic! Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.